plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, this will be a doing it with style and doing it with grace. Hello, power partners. This is our power hour and our informational playground at Star Style, Be the Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I'm so glad to be with you today because I don't know if you're feeling anxious. Everybody seems to be, and hopefully I can be your guide on the side to help you through uh, some of these issues. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel And, of course, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, as well as Express Yourself, is brought to you through the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. And we are celebrating 20 years of making a difference in the world. So make sure to visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. And if you're feeling generous, make a donation because it keeps us on the air as well as all the different outreach programs. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are, which will be holding an event at the Pear and Wine Festival coming up in September. So again, BeTheStarYouAre.org or BTSYA.org. And this is actually a Krishna quote from the Bhagavad Gita. The awakened sages call a person wise when all his undertakings are free from anxiety about results. And from Thomas More, and this one is actually my favorite, the need to be normal is the predominant anxiety disorder in modern life. So if you haven't figured out what we're talking about today, it definitely is going to be anxiety. And I was just laughing um, with my engineer, Josh, here uh, a couple of minutes ago because uh, we always post on some social media before the show starts just so people can tune in to the radio show or, you know, see it later. And, of course, auto-correcting does some crazy things, and I wasn't paying attention. So when I wrote, are you feeling anxious? Do you have panic attacks? Instead of saying panic attacks, it said pancreatitis attacks. So I was getting people contacting me saying, what? You're talking about pancreas and anxiety? So anyway, I want to say thank you and give a shout out to Brian Rankin for being the first to let me know about that. So hopefully I corrected it. But according to the American uh, Psychiatric Association, 39% of Americans reported higher levels of anxiety this past year than in the year before. Now, women experience double the amount of anxiety, and it's not getting any better. So what is anxiety? What can we do about it? In this hour of power, we're really going to take a deep dive into handling the stress, using natural remedies, how to seek professional help, discussing mental illness, and some anxiety solutions without prescriptions. 
and ideas on how technology might even help because everybody's going to experience stress or anxiety at some point in your life. And so if these strategies will help you in any way, you might find some relief in the future. Now, I want to preface uh, what we're going to be talking about in this hour because I'm really dedicating this full hour to anxiety, panic attacks, and just the... the um, the state that so many people are in, just not feeling like they're up to par. And I want to just say, you know, I am not a medical professional. I am not a doctor. So please don't take this advice as medical advice. This is just, I'm being your guide on the side. I'm just trying to bring you some of the latest scientific um, evidence and some of the studies that are done and some suggestions from a lot of the material that I have read and that I have studied. But for anything that you're suffering from, please see your intern or your physician. And of course, there's always professional help out there. So it's usually just a a click away or a phone call away. But use that as the most important thing. And this is just some guidelines. In segment three, in case you're wondering, because in my tweets, I did um, mention Xanax, uh, which is a medication, a benzodiazepine. And I will talk about that in segment three, because a lot of people have had that prescribed, and it's a lot more dangerous than most people have ever thought. So if you are feeling anxious, first of all, I want you to take a, a really big, deep breath and realize that you're not alone. Probably everybody around you is as well. You're really not imagining it. Anxiety is happening more than ever before, and it might be just because of the times we're living in. And again, you know, women are twice as likely to experience anxiety as men. And we just can't let all these feelings crush us. But as you have read in the news, you know, we're not alone. There's there's uh, so many celebrities that are dealing with the same thing. Adele, Demi Lovato, Jennifer Lawrence, Lady Gaga. You know, they've all spoken publicly about their struggles. So there is some hope. And we just want to decode and demystify anxiety and uh, bring uh, some expert opinions and expert thoughts to this radio hour so you can kind of see behind the scenes of your own brain, your own body, and find out about the latest therapies, the latest treatments, and some advice that might help you be happier and more grounded and feel that you can understand what it is that you're feeling and be less overwhelmed by it because um, you can conquer your anxiety or at least you can keep it in check. And again, that deep breath, big breath in, exhale it out. That'll, I promise you that is a first step to making you feel better. So, First of all, what is anxiety? If you're wondering how the definition is, it is when the body and mind, it's a, the body and mind's way actually of keeping us safe and protected. It's, it's kind of like a false alarm. You think that things are really dangerous and scary and overwhelming, 
When in reality, there are often the things you can cope with. It's just that you don't have the tools to do with it right now. So, you know, motivation actually works well with anxiety. We all need a little bit of anxiety just to get us out of bed, to keep us moving, to help us do positive things and avoid negative, uh, negative things. But we don't want to go overboard with the anxiety until it cripples us. So when we have too much, it becomes irrational. It can become debilitating and it can become uh, chronic and problematic. So what's happening in your brain and your body? When we perceive threats, the brain and the body work together to respond. You know, you've heard of the fight or flight syndrome. So the brain sends a distress signal. And the hormones adrenaline and cortisol are released as, um, as well as dopamine and serotonin. And the difference between feeling anxious and a panic attack are a panic attack comes on really rapidly. And it usually is over almost as quickly, like 20 minutes or so. People think that they last for hours. It feels like you're having a heart attack. The reality is is a panic attack peaks and then it's done. It's really an adrenaline response. So if you've ever been like in um, uh, a near miss car accident, you know, where you almost, almost hit somebody or somebody almost hit you and you just had that, you know, that feeling, your heart races, you're sweaty, you're out of breath. And the difference between that and a panic attack is you know what caused it. So the difference between feeling anxious and having an anxiety disorder, because they are different, is that everybody feels anxious at some point or another. But an anxiety disorder is when you notice it's not showing you or not allowing you to do the things that you love anymore, or if you have difficulty being present with family and friends, that's when it becomes a mental health disorder. If you are just ruminating on one thing all the time and it stops you from your normal life, it stops you from being the person you were meant to be. Many people ask if uh, disorders or anxiety disorders run in families, are they hereditary? And according to science, yes, they do. They, they are hereditary. But that doesn't mean that you are uh, doomed. You will be able to handle uh, the anxiety if you actually know how to name it and claim it and then frame it. Now, can, can you ever be cured of anxiety? I don't think so. I think what happens is you can deal, learn to deal with it. You can turn it off and you can dial it down, but there may not be an actual cure. So what do you do when you feel a panic attack coming on? Well, knowing what it is and not being afraid of it is what's going to really nip it in the bud. So when it's rumping, you know, ramping up, when you start feeling like your hands get sweaty, your breath is getting shallow, you might be starting to feel dizzy, uh, and you can just tell that that panic is setting in, um, address it and just actually say out loud I know what this is Uh, you know I know this has happened before and when you do that kind of approach it helps you recognize that it's not dangerous and that you can manage it as opposed to you know going into a panic 
mode. So how do you handle anxiety? Let's just go over a few things that you could do. So just daily, if you are um, somebody that is going to work, you know, you have to go to work daily and you're a little bit afraid to go to work because you don't know what's going to happen or if you're going to have an anxiety attack, something's going to trigger it. Need to identify the triggers, and then you can find ways of coping. And then, when you find the ways of coping that work for you, rehearse those methods. You might want to leave reminders on your desk for how to respond to what you're feeling. Like we just talked about breath, we'll be talking about more things because there's a lot of things that you definitely can do, as well as there are medications, but we're going to try to do as many things without medications. But identify the triggers, first of all. So maybe write them down. And if you're having an attack at work, you need to really ground yourself because that's really frightening, especially if there's other people around. So if you're in your chair... And it has, uh, it's an armchair. Grab, you know, grab the arms of your chair really, really tightly and then tense your muscles and count to 20. And then let go so your body will relax and then use self-talk. You know, this will pass if I just write it out. This will pass. This too will pass. This too will pass. And if you're not in a chair, you can just tighten all the muscles in your body. And again, I am saying this not from a, as a physician, I'm saying this from, um, from medical studies of how to deal with it. So, if, but if you tense your body and then release that tension in your body and do self-talk, you're going to, you know, it'll help you. Now, sometimes the attacks, the panic attacks, and the anxiety happens because somebody we love has gotten sick or, um, or is very sick. And so w- instead of just going off the deep end, focus on the information that you have in the present time so that you can deal with the worry. You know, worrying does no good. So focus on the version of you that you want to be for that person. And that is going to allow you to show up for him or her rather than letting the anxiety dictate that you can't even function because you're so worried about this other people. So instead, focus on information that's going to help the person and then it'll take that pressure off of you. Now, if you lose your job or somebody dies, and that's really hard. I just remember, I think the, I, I'm, I, I'm not really an anxious person, but I do remember when my, um, my dad was dying, how difficult that, a time that was for me. And so what, something you can do is to validate the experience and be mindful that this is a really difficult moment. Someone you love is dying, or you've lost, um, you've lost your job, and now you don't know what to what you're going to do. It's a difficult time. And so this is going to cause anxiety. And it would be normal. It's normal to feel that way. If you didn't feel that way, you'd probably be abnormal. So tap into how you would care for someone else. If you saw somebody else going through this, and you wanted to help, And then be kind to yourself, be gentle with yourself, and help yourself. Now, one of the biggest fears in life, in fact, supposedly the number one fear in life, uh, 
other than death, actually more than death, is public speaking. <laughs> and I know when I go public speaking, I often will say to, um, to my audience, you know, when people say, how do you do this? It's like, well, you know, people are really afraid of public speaking. They'd rather die than go and speak. And it's like, where you know, you could actually get up and speak and die at the same time. So anyway, if you have to give a speech somewhere, uh, I think taking a class is a good idea or getting some coaching will help you. But it's the breathing and the self-talk and the cognitive reframing that really, really helps. Always visualize how your presentation is going to go. Practice, practice, practice. And then just know that you're going to succeed and add those affirmations. And I know that everybody that I've coached for public speaking has been able to conquer their fear of it. And and just know that a little bit of fear is always okay. Now, the other one that's really scary for people, a lot of people, are flying. And you don't want to wait until you have a flight to, to like, freak out. Um, so... If you have a fear of flying and you have to fly, then start looking at pictures of planes, listen to sounds of airplanes, maybe get them, you know, on your phone or on the internet or YouTube, or go to the airport, walk around at the airport, you know, get used to it. Start listening and things to planes. Also, although you probably can't go up into a plane and hire somebody, you know, unless you have a lot of money, there are simulators out there that you can do. And so and a, a natural anxiety remedy that is really recommended is having a warm cup of tea in your hand, a warm blanket to put over you, uh, burning a candle and watching it flicker. You could turn on some music. If you do yoga, there's uh, yoga is really very, very good for lessening anxiety. And the broken toe pose and the horse, the horse pose, they bring down your energy in the body. So you can't really um, keep that heat in your chest where it will overwhelm your mind when you're, you know, really relaxing. So you might try some of that. So, uh, you know, a cup of tea, a warm blanket, and even some people are using those weighted blankets. They say that if it's uh, you get those heavy blankets, there's not any statistical evidence that they help, but a lot of people say that they help. Well, we're going to take a very short break, but we have a lot more to talk about. We'll talk about how to find a therapist, how to know when to seek professional help, uh, how do you know if the therapist is the right one, some dietary recommendations, and much, much more. So also relief without um, prescriptions. We'll talk about some of those. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and we are talking about anxiety today. We're live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. We'll be right back. Take a breath. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, we're back, and if you're just joining us, this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm your host, Cynthia Bryan, and this full hour of power today is all focused on conquering anxiety and how we can do that. So how do you find a therapist if you need a therapist? Well, the first suggestion is always check with your primary care physician. Also, there are organizations out there like the Association for Behavioral and Cognitive Therapy. They have lists of therapists who specialize in anxiety. You can also um, contact your insurance plan or go online and see what therapists are there and if their specialty is psychology or uh, you know psychiatry or what it is, and that will really help. Now, once you book a professional, it's uh, really important to get on the phone with that potential therapist and get a feel for their personality and style because you really have to feel like that person is the right one and that he or she really understands you. Ask things like, have you treated anxiety before? What methods do you use? Are you a cognitive behavioral therapist? There are evidence-based treatments for anxiety, and you want to make sure that that is one of the things that you get. And You know, how do you actually know when to seek professional help? If you've been having panic attacks or really severe anxiety for six months or more, or if your anxiety is interfering with the life that you love and that you live, often to speaking to people you're close to, um, they might be able to provide some insight into uh, who might be good for you. But bottom line is you want to seek a professional. You just don't want to call your friend or a family member because you might, you really might be making it worse. Okay. Now, um, how you can handle anxiety. Um, 
how do you know when it is time to use medications? If you have a mild to moderate anxiety, you might start with the cognitive behavioral therapy first. And if that isn't working and your anxiety is just impairing you, then you might need to go see a psychiatrist. And at that point, you might need a medication consult. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But dietary recommendations, right off the bat, a few things you, you really need to do if you're feeling anxious is stay away from caffeine and stay away from sugar because they irritate the anxiety and they cause you to have symptoms uh, when you may not really be having symptoms. They're, kind of, they're going to rev you up and that is something that you really, you really don't need. Um, what are some reliefs without prescriptions? Now, I told you about the weighted blankets. You know, they are these heavy blankets. They've been used as a calming tool in psychiatric wards for a long time, although there really isn't any evidence to support that they work. But they have gone mainstream, and a lot of people swear by them. So I'm a big believer that if it works, it works. You know, I don't think that we can poo-poo anything if it works for you. So you might want to check those out. Another one, meditation, focusing your mind on a specific object, a thought, activity can really calm you. And uh, there was a 2014 uh, literature review of 47 trials that had 3,500 participants. And what they suggested was mindfulness meditation programs that could moderately improve anxiety and depression. Another thing is uh, CBD. Now, according to a 2019 study in the Permanent General uh, Journal, 80% of participants report lower anxiety and 67% had better sleep when they used um, uh, cannabis. Now, the, the CBD comes from the marijuana plant, the cannabis plant, but it doesn't contain the THC, which is found in marijuana, which is what is, you know, the THC is what gets you high. So if you can check out, again, talk to your doctor, but the CBDs, you can get them in gummies and vape pens and in tinctures, uh, and you can also, you know, add it to brownies and all that kind of thing. But if that helps you, that's a good one. Another really good one without a prescription are animals. Uh, I, I, maybe that's why I don't have an anxiety because I have so many animals, a big barnyard of abandoned animals, and they keep me calm. I mean, all I have to do is pet the goat or scratch the pig or pick up a chicken, you know, or, or laugh at the antics of the geese or the birds. I mean, I, I love it. But if you have a dog or a cat or a bird, any of those can help you calm down. The Journal of Clinical Psychology found that human-animal interaction has a medium effect on distress, but any licensed mental health professional can say that your pet is capable of therapeutic benefits. I, I, and I just I remember when we rescued a deer. And the deer was badly injured. And one of our cats actually sat on the deer and groomed the deer and purred with the deer until the deer got better. So the animals were helping the animals, and they weren't even the same species. So that, to me, was interesting. 
What about cooking or baking? The um, If you like to bake, it could be a salve for anxiety. Because what it does, if you get your hands out there and start baking, you are, you know, putting your hands in the dough. You are not focusing on your phone. You have to pay close attention and, to what you're doing. And so that is considered another uh, relief for anxiety. Now, art therapy is another one. You know, there were there's adult coloring books. There's a therapy dough, kind of like Play-Doh. Um, it's an interactive psychotherapy. You can do drawing, painting, or any other creative project, and that will improve your well-being. Now, music is another one. Is if you could, if you play the piano or you play the guitar or the flute, and even if you don't play well, those things are, are can really, really be helpful. Now, what some people um, already know, and this one for sure, I already know that going green is really good for you because wellness is always in bloom, right? You get out into the garden. If you go into the garden, you will feel calm and relaxed. And it doesn't even have to be a garden. It can be a park. Wherever you are in nature, take a walk. Uh, you know, if you have a green thumb or a brown thumb, it doesn't matter because what happens is you just let go of everything that is in the outside world because you become focused on the plants. And there are now trained horticultural therapists that are using gardening to treat anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, PTSD, um, and all different kinds of panic disorders at hospitals, shelters, community gardens, even you know with prisoners in correctional, correctional facilities. So um, a 2010 Journal of Health psychology study found the first evidence that gardening can relieve stress after just 30 minutes. The levels of the stress hormone cortisol were reduced among all the participants. So gardening really quiets the negative thoughts that would keep you up and keep your head spinning. And you, when you're out in the garden, you are going to find that gardening you know, gives you more than just fruit and vegetables because it can really, really uh, help your anxiety diminish. So think about going outside. Now, there are different, we call it the ABCs of anxiety. These are different therapies that I want to share with you. One is called ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. And it teaches patients to be comfortable with the uncomfortable instead of denying the feelings. Now, all of these, you'll need to talk to somebody, um, a professional, and to see what might work for you. The next one is cognitive behavioral therapy. That is, This is the leading therapy for anxiety. You've probably heard about it. It helps patients work through their feelings, identify the destructive behaviors, and change how they're going to react to stressful situations. Then the third one is called DBT. It's dialectical behavior therapy. And what it does is it helps the, the, um, the, the struggling person change unhealthy behaviors by teaching mindfulness and distress tolerance and emotional regulation and interpersonal effectiveness. 
And again, getting back to that um, meditation, I just really feel that meditation is going to improve any anxiety and any depression. It is just so much better um, for you. Now, the, the next one is called EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. It's often called tapping, and patients focus on a specific emotion while tapping certain points on the body, like acupuncture. And the, the final one is a single-session therapy. A therapist and client meet wants to discuss mental health and coping mechanisms. And uh, then after that, they don't get together again. So this was developed after researchers learned that many people, upon attending a therapy session, don't return. So they just decided that it was time to create a single therapy. There are also apps out there. And if they are helpful, that's great. But if they're not, then just let them go. But the good thing about an app or anything online is that in the middle of the night when you can't reach somebody, it might be a low cost, requires no commute, and it might you know, help you a little bit. So um, you can, and of course, there's probably podcasts out there. A couple of them that are the names of them. One is called BetterHelp, which connects patients with practitioners after a survey. And these are all, these charge, all of them charge. I think this one is like $65 a week. So that one's pretty expensive um, unless you're using it, you know, constantly. There's one called Calm that's $70 a year, and it offers some ambient music, meditations, bedtime stories, and it has uh, a lot of audio offerings that might be good for you. The next one is Headspace. It focuses on specific concerns with daily meditations, and that one is $96 a year. Oh, Calm was $70 a year. Pacifica is $9 a month, and What it does is it asks you to clarify and identify your emotions, and then it gives you a meditation for that time. And there's also community chat rooms that you can work in. And then for $49 a week, there's one called Talkspace. And it, um, there is an intake counselor, pairs you with a licensed therapist, and you can arrange a video chat, or you can send notes for a reply. And there are many other ones out there. Those are just a few that you could check out. Now, um, what about um, artificial intelligence? What do you think about virtual reality? So the virtual reality actually could be great. So we'll go back to that fear of flying. So maybe if you put on a headset that shows 3D images of what it's like to be inside of an airplane, it could be just as effective. So that might be something to, uh, to check out because a 2019 study published in Frontiers in Psychology found that those who used VR with other therapy were more likely to complete and and maintain their treatment than those who didn't. So, you know, it might be very, very helpful. Another one um, is just to have acceptance and commitment therapy. That's called ACT. That could really soothe your any phobias that you might have. So instead of trying to shake all the feelings, you just um, embrace them and you learn how to lessen the fear. 
There's also some a treatment that's coming out, although it is really expensive, and I'm not sure. You know, they call it a revolutionary new drug. It promises to soothe with a sniff, but it the cost of this it has to be administered by a healthcare a supervisor. The cost is $590 to $885 a session, and it is a nasal spray that you you know you put in your nose, and it works by increasing the serotonin levels. It's called Bravado, and whether or not it's a good thing, some people, um, I, let me see, what does it say about here? It is, in March, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the use of it. It's escatology. To mean E S K E T A M I N E, and it's actually a chemical cousin of that illegal street d- drug that we all call Special K, but this one's a nasal spray for treating resistant depression, and it's the very first drug of its kind, um, and it's marketed under the name of Spravato. There's obviously it just came on the market, so who knows uh, what it's going to be like, but. Um, you might want to ask about it. There's another treatment that is eye movement therapy because it could blunt any bad memories. And uh, that is the EMDR, which is grounded in the idea that on precious memories from our past, like, like, for example, my sadness of my dad dying, could cause such anguish and could trigger... Uh, new reactions, you know, and things that had happened long, long ago and can happen, act as if they're happening to you right now. So when you're feeling anxious, your brain is really hijacked into reacting to the situation. So what this eye movement therapy does is it requires patients to confront those scenarios head on to stop the hijacking and lessen the bad uh, reactions. And then during the sessions, parents discuss targeted traumatic memories and they engage in these eye movements that are directed by the therapist so that's something you can can check out it was the brainchild of a california-based clinical psychologist and it seems to work from for some people and another one with the artificial intelligence are chatbots anxiety being the most common mental illness in the u.s yet only 37 percent of sufferers receive treatment so there is a um, something else that is the chat box. And so the therapy is via artificial intelligence. And, you know, think like talk space. But instead of a human therapist, you text a bot that was programmed by a human. And the chat bots can bridge that gap in mental health. It doesn't mean that they're effective or that they're ineffective, but if it works, that would be good. Stanford University has been studying them for quite a while, and it might provide just exactly what you need as far as some help. Well, we're going to take another um, break, and when we come back, I will be talking about a medication that is very addictive, and you might not have known it. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I'll be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com The annual cost of illiteracy to America 
American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. You know how to build rapport. Luck doesn't happen. You create your own opportunities. When people like you respect you and have fun being with you, chances are you'll have rapport with them. Business succeeds when you have rapport with both clients and customers. These relationships become your community. Try thinking of everyone who is important to your business as an old friend and communicate your desire to work together. Always be the first to offer assistance, knowledge, and support. Invite the other person to get in touch with you after a meeting. That way, you increase the friendly cooperation, and soon you'll be a trusted business associate. People do business with people. No matter what the cliche, business is personal. Treat others as you want to be treated and reap the rewards of rapport. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business. 
Well, I'm glad that you are staying with me. I hope you're feeling less anxious or at least you're getting some takeaways from this hour on what you can do to conquer your fears and wrap all of those uh, disorders and panic attacks into something that is a little bit more manageable. But now I wanted to talk about a medication that is prescribed for um, panic attacks and anxiety, and it has been the most popular prescription for a very long time. And at first, it was thought that it was non-addictive and not a problem, and it kind of was this, you know, panacea for everything. And now, of course, after a lot of tests and a lot of overdoses, they're finding this isn't true. I am talking about Xanax. Xanax is a fast-acting benzodiazepine medication, which means it brings about a big change in the brain in a very short period of time. And as a result, it is considered one of the most addictive medications on the market today. And risks are higher in people who take the doses of 4 milligrams a day for longer than 12 weeks. But anyone who abuses the drug could be at risk for addiction. And it's really important that I share this information because I did not know this either. And I remember maybe I would probably say it's 10 years ago, although I'd lose track of time. It might be 15 years ago. But anyway, somewhere in the last 10 or 15 years, I just remember no matter where you went, people were talking about Xanax or you said, oh, God, you know, if you would say, oh, I've got a big presentation tomorrow. Somebody would say, "Oh, I have Xanax in my purse. Would you like to would you like to have one just in case?" And it was almost like handing out candy. So, it was one of those things that nobody really understood at the time. They they just thought it was like a great support system. So, Xanax was approved for treatment for panic disorders in the 1970s. And over the years, it's come to be recognized as an effective remedy for anxiety and especially for nausea caused by chemotherapy, for depression and other health issues. It belongs to that class of drugs, as I call as I told you, the benzos, and it is actually a Schedule IV controlled substance, meaning it is considered to have a low potential for abuse. Now Xanax affects the brain, but you know, but it has a big but it does have abuse. Uh, it affects the brain and the central nervous system. And what it does is it boosts, boosts the brain's chemical, um, the GABA, which is uh, slows down the nerve cell activity in the brain. And the result is, is it makes you feel calm and relaxed. Now, I have to take a drink of water here for a second, so just hang on. Sorry about that. When I talk so much, I have to have another sip of water. I drink water all day long. And, oh, by the way, that is another, you know, I was talking about tea. But for me, I think that keeps me very relaxed is a a, a big glass of water with some uh, spearmint and lemon in it. It's always really, I don't know, that just helps me. So that might be something that might help you. So back to Xanax, making you feel calm and relaxed. That being said, 
thousands have seek have uh, sought treatment every year for dependencies on this drug and actually emergency room visits due to recu- recreational abuse of Xanax more than doubled between 2005 and 2010 there were about 57,500 in 2005 there were about 125 no 100 yeah 125,000 uh, emergency room visits in 2010 for Xanax, and people really didn't expect it. They are some of the most highly addictive prescription drugs on the market, and they can hook a user within just a matter of weeks. So even if you think you're not the kind of person that would ever get addicted to something, if you have daily use of a benzo for six weeks or more, you're probably going to result in a dependency. In fact, what the Royal College of Psychiatrists have stated is four in every 10 users will absolutely get dependent and they'll get an addiction to it. Now, addiction is characterized by both psychological and physical dependency. So to manage the effects of withdrawal on both the mind and the body, you have to taper off on a schedule that permits decreasing the dosage by like 25% for every quarter of the withdrawal period. But with all benzos, you really have to do a medical detox because your safety is really important. From what I've read about what can happen with Xanax, if you try to to, uh, wean yourself, is that you could go into a coma and you could die. So people can die from from Xanax. I never I never knew that, and I think back to these conversations at cocktail parties and think, oh my gosh, how lucky all these people were that nobody. Well, I don't think they got addicted, but you know, nobody got sick from it. So when people are mentally addicted to Xanax, they're not able to keep their minds off thoughts of the drugs. So in addition to the health risks that are associated with detoxing alone. Quitting without professional intervention is so hard to do because users' minds are just driving them to use again. It's compulsive. The mental impact of withdrawing from Xanax is really turbulent. You're, you are so accustomed to the drug that you'll go through major periods of insomnia and depression and paranoia and irritability just while they're trying to come off of it. And then the majority of withdrawal symptoms can be treated um, through the medical detox, and they, at a medical detox, can make it more comfortable for you. As many as 44% of chronic benzo users ultimately become dependent on the drug. And in the case of Xanax, physical addiction is marked by physical withdrawal symptoms um, that will ensue when the substance is discontinued. And again, that can be headaches and nausea and vomiting and sweating and blurred vision and convulsions. And there are tons of car accidents because people will take a Xanax and they'll drive. And um, you're, it's, it's really dangerous. So um, your physical dependency develops over time as your body becomes used to it. And without it, you're going to feel achy all over because your body is trying to process the substance out. And that, um, that side effect is, is, could be really, really serious. In fact, 
This past year, almost 45,000 people were treated in an emergency room just this year for issues stemming from, uh, from uh, Xanax. Now, one thing that I learned that I really didn't know, and I, again, I'm thinking back to these cocktail parties where people were drinking and then they'd take a Xanax. Alcohol and Xanax both increase activity of the, inhi- of the inhibitor neurotransmitter, the GABA in the brain, and that neurotransmitter is responsible for muting the excitation in the brain, which causes a, seductive, uh, a sedative effect. And when depressants are mixed together, over-sedation occurs, and that can result in death. So Xanax intensifies the symptoms of alcohol and vice versa. And when taken together, alcohol and Xanax are potent, and you will can have dangerous accidents, respiratory depression, cardiac arrest, loss of consciousness, and obviously death. So are you addicted? Regardless of what substance has been abused, the red flags that single addiction are the same across the board. So I want to just point these out before we finish our hour. If you are using every time and withdrawal symptoms start to appear, tolerance that causes you to increase the dose, if you start avoiding family functions or hanging out with friends because it takes away from time using the drugs. So if you're avoiding your friends and family because you need to take your drug, if you're worrying about your supply of Xanax and thinking about the next time you need to take it, if um, you keep using despite your conflict due to the Xanax, I mean, if you're trying but you can't stop, and your inability to control how much or how often. And just keep remember, no one is exempt from drug dependence, and there are certain demographics that are actually more prone to it, and that would be females account for more addictions than males, and that might just be due to women being more likely to receive a prescription. But who knows? Two times as many women are using the drugs as men. But please get help. Therapeutic techniques, music, art therapy, gardening, focus support groups, all of the things that I talked about in this hour are beneficial in combating the psychological impact of an addiction to Xanax and get professional help. In addition, with the physical addiction, you might need a medical detox. Joseph Ford Newton said, we weren't created to be eaten by anxiety, but to walk erect, free, unafraid in a world where there's work to do, truth to seek, love to give, and win. And I wish for you that you will be free from any addiction and anxiety. So thank you so much for being great listeners, allowing me here with you every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Visit my website, CynthiaBryan.com. Make a donation to Be The Star You Are, BeTheStarYouAre.org. I am always here for you to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate you. And we want you to be healthy and happy. And until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins. Kindness will always prevail. But smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you, encouraging you. Be the star you are. We'll be together next Wednesday. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. 
It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.